0: I'm a little nervous being out of town. Yeah, same here. Uh, I haven't gotten a call from that. uh, Speak of the devil, hold on. Uh, She wants to FaceTime us, so let me swipe. Hey Valerie, we just arrived here in Sulphur, what's up?
1: Hey guys, as discussed, I put the apartments on 24 seven surveillance after you left town for Sulphur.
0: Yeah, and what?
1: Okay, Um, I don't know how to say this. Let me turn the phone around first so I can show you guys the scene. Do you remember how Uh, I told you the last victim looked like they just materialized out of nowhere?
0: Yeah, We've had
1: 24 seven surveillance and the same exact thing happened, look.
2: Oh no, it's Andrea. Who? Andrea Kerr, she's a student of mine currently. We haven't even turned in our first papers.
1: Wait, she's a current student of yours? Yes. Her body is positioned exactly like the other four victims. We are actually at the apartment complex at Forest Park Apartments. And her extended arm is at 1159. And look at the message.
0: Time's up. Mm.
1: Have you heard anything from George Grayson?
2: Nothing at the station on my end. I think he's been building to this and waiting for us to reach out to him.
1: I'm really concerned. I'm concerned for your safety. I'm concerned in the event he chooses to just keep toying with you. He clearly means business.
2: Indeed. I think,
0: I think the professor and I need to sit down and chat. Uh, If we do have an interview scheduled with Tanya. Maybe I don't know. We'll pick Tanya's brain. Maybe we can figure out what to do. Something must be done. Yeah, something must. And I yes. I. I do agree.
1: Okay, you guys need to let me know whatever you need. We can help you. Please be safe and do not take this lightly. This is our fifth victim, and he's very, very, very pointed in his messaging.
0: All right. Thank you. Bye. This is Sam Saxon, along with Professor Joff Daru, and you're listening to Tales Unveiled. Where we travel across Oklahoma for ghost stories, as well as urban legends and local history. When the professor and I were able to interview Tanya McCoy. If you're new to the podcast, Tanya is an author and paranormal investigator. She also owns the Ravensgate and Mustang, where the professor has bought items for cleansing and protection. In the past, we've talked to her about ghost stories in Shawnee, Al Reno, and other small Oklahoma towns. We met up with Tanya at the Rustydale Winery in Sulphur, where she was researching the town for herself.
2: So you've had some experiences in Sulphur.
3: Yeah, I've been going to Sulphur now for um, a few years and have had some things happen along the way. Uh, The first one I ever experienced was at the Artesian and that was up in room 316. And we woke up to see a full-body apparition standing in our room over kind of by the doorway. And then... What was it? uh, It was a man, just a man standing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and several of us saw him and then of course he was gone. Mm-hmm. And that started a few years back and I've seen one down in the dining area, kind of over by the the door where the cooks and or the waitresses come in and out from the cooking area. And then we did actually see one hanging out on the third floor and that was another male. So we've had a few different little things happen over the years there and it's not every time but it does occur. And I know I spoke to um, one of the housekeepers probably about nine months ago when I was there and we got to talking about the ghost and stuff. And I told her I was staying in 216 that time. And I told her, yeah, it was 316 I had the experience in. And she said, yeah, it's between these two floors, this is where they tend to have a lot of mm-hmm. stuff on that one side that happened that people have reported. Um, the casino's office, which is an old church also has activity in it they've heard children in there and had different things occurring
2: what kinds of things
3: um, mainly the disembodied voices the giggles you know uneasy feelings things along that line do you want me to keep going
0: um, mm-hmm. oh yeah yes yeah keep going I'm
3: okay. <laughs> like there's more of it um, now there is of course the Lady of the Lake out at um, Veterans Lake.
0: Yeah, we've heard a couple of our guests talk about the Lady of the Lake. We'd like to hear your perspective.
3: It's interesting. It's very interesting. We were out, it was uh, myself and one of my other friends slash investigators, and we were night fishing. And it was very stormy, but it was extremely bright. And the pictures I took, it looks like daytime. It was that bright. And there was the fog and mist that kind of came floating towards us. And it was a very eerie feeling out there. Um, When you Mm -hmm. sit out there, you can feel it. And then I did have um, a couple of people I know that that come to our events. They I sent them out there one time to look after an investigation at the steakhouse, and they had an experience where they saw her and like took off running. So, so she is prominent out there. She does show up, and of course the history with that is you know she lost her child. She dove in to try to save them. They both ended up drowning, mm-hmm. and now she tries to constantly look for her child by floating across the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I heard you were doing some events at a winery down there. Uh, can, mm-hmm. was, do you have any stories about the winery or around downtown?
3: So the Rusty Nail, we do an annual spirits and booze there. So we'll do, it's a, it's a wine tasting and then ghost hunt. And she actually had me come this year to do readings. And I was literally doing readings from noon up until we actually went into the full investigation. But we have had several experiences there. We often get a young woman who uh, talks about losing her child, like miscarriage. Talks about blood, things like that. Um, She is quite prominent back in the bottling storage area downstairs. We have another uh, child that likes to play around quite a bit down there. There has been a woman that's been seen also walking out in the winery area by some of the staff. And then upstairs is probably the creepier section. And that, it's made like old apartments upstairs, you know, your basic housing bordello looking kind of thing. And some of the stuff we've had occur there was during one of them that we did last year, I was with a group and I saw someone walk from one room to the another and I thought it was somebody in the group. So I went to look and there was nobody in there. And that was a full body apparition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I literally thought it was somebody in our group. And we've gotten pictures of faces up there and there is an old tv upstairs that did turn itself on while we were up there but we've had lots of different little activities this last time we went through we had um a lady in our group who was kind of a a believer but not believer and she is a lawyer and we literally had to walk her downstairs it made her so sick and then when she got downstairs, she was fine. But upstairs, it she got to the top of the stairs and just fully affected her. And she's like, I've never felt anything or experienced anything like this before. And it was like a full-on attack for her. So I'm like, ah, maybe because you're a lawyer and you deal with law, because that would have been a kind of lawless area right there. And in the back behind the winery is um, the alleyway where people have actually passed away from overdosing of drugs. It's a big like drug alley kind of thing, or it was in the time. So they have found bodies back in there.
0: Our last guest, we interviewed the folks at Flower Buff Manor. Uh, do you have any experiences there?
3: So Linda's Place, we've had actually quite a few things happen at Linda's Place. And we've investigated there several times. I've stayed the night there several times. And I'm actually, you know, we'll be doing more, of course, with the murder mysteries coming out. But... Uh, We have had the little boy. He comes. He's very prominent, playing with things there. I do know uh, two of our friends that stayed last time ended up having a door open completely on them, which was locked. And I know Linda's had a really good experience down in James's room, and I know I'm sure she told you about that one where Mm -hmm. she woke up, and and the video is impressive. Uh, We've had equipment that goes off quite frequently. I have seen... um, JR, I believe was his name, sitting downstairs in the dining room area before, kind of in the back corner. I've seen him there. We've had people get very sick up in the apartment area. Mm-hmm. Downstairs is creepy. I haven't really gone and fully investigated the downstairs myself. I'm usually too busy, but there's definitely a portal down in there. And, of course, things have moved on as things have been tossed. So it's usually a pretty active, active little location
0: and the music came on while we were there.
3: That doesn't surprise me. They do that. There is a certain time they'll they'll flip it on every once in a while.
2: They seem to like
3: it. But yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting location. It's really cool.
2: You also had quite a few events here in Blackwell this past summer.
3: Uh, yeah, we have. And we've had a couple of very interesting ones recently even come up in the past Mm -hmm. couple of months uh the different locations we've had of course have been the library um it is a very active location and people have seen full-body apparitions there and of course that's where we had chris and mike during paracon and we had um, a woman who showed herself which later when i started doing research i found out was one of the old librarians what i saw i kind of described and then one of the girls pulled me over and showed me a picture and i'm like that's her that's exactly who i saw and she still hangs out and that's actually her office where she was seen her old office um
2: very dedicated
3: yeah very not happy with us being there uh, the barbecue place we've had lots of experiences there of course at prairie smoke um downstairs it's definitely active uh, in the basement area. Uh, several times we've gotten different, uh, I don't wanna, I wanna say clues, but different signs that it was possibly a hanging person in the basement and a very young, probably a younger teenager child in that era. Uh, the most negative energy we've had has been at sawdust. And here lately it's kind of manifest more
0: What's sawdust?
3: So, lip gloss and sawdust is Mandy's building, which is right across the street from the barbecue place. It's like, well, I think it's 117 North Main. And it was a pharmacy for a very long time. Before that, though, we think it may have been a hospital, especially the upstairs area. So, it's two stories, but there's no access to the second story. They've walled it completely off the ceiling, they've just sealed it off for whatever reason. Um, They had to actually break through the ceiling to get up to the second floor where they actually still have a bunch of old oxygen concentrators up there. But there's one area that is a bricked square. It has the word women on it. And there's a hole in the door, but the locks on the outside. Mm. And it's very freaky. Mm -hmm. Um, The other stuff we get there, there's a, a man that we feel was a stalker or an assault, uh, assailant type person and we did um, have one of the girls do some research and we did find what we think is the gentleman who's doing it because I saw him, a couple other people saw him and what I described was a picture she did find of a man that was associated and from what we found he actually killed somebody at that building. So it's uh, something along the business line, they weren't agreeing with it and he ended up murdering them but he does still hang out there quite often. He's very prominent. Uh, when I started first taking my stuff in, like the sage and all that with cleansing, the light right above where my stuff was, fell. Never did it before. So as the sage and stuff came in, it like fell and crashed down. And then the other time I came back to kind of restock, it did it again. So they're not real happy about the cleansing stuff up there. Mm-mm. And the owner has been affected more. And that's some of the stuff that, we have gotten is it's trying to attach to her mm. which is not good so we're gonna have to go up and probably do a full cleansing on the place but there has been several people that have actually seen balls of light come from the ceiling and I'm not talking on camera I'm talking balls of light come from the top second floor down and the first time it was witnessed there was a group back there and I opened the door and this thing came and hovered right above my head and was like going up and down on my head and then as soon as I left it kind of went back into the ceiling and it has been seen again, even when I've not been there. And there has been one time I even got severely affected and had to step out because it made me sick. So we've had that a lot. We've had people get very ill. We've had uh, one of our investigators actually felt like she was being physically attacked.
2: What did she say so, was happening?
3: Um, well, it fit along the same that was we were actually getting with some of the stuff. Is this? We think this guy is, you know, he would assault women. And she felt like she was being assaulted, like she was being attacked. And she felt very uncomfortable. And we had to take her out and kind of get her grounded and stabilized. Very dark energy indeed. Uh, The bridge on the outside of town, which is the old bridge, it's very interesting, too. It's shut down. It's the no trespassing. But um, when you walk out there, you can feel it's like you can feel the hanging bodies from that bridge. Mm. it's just it's intense it's a very intense area so at some point i would love to get out there and investigate and of course the two young women that were found in the field about a mile and a half outside a few uh, back in the 60s i think 60 or 70s i'll have to look at my research um they were walking home and they were murdered in a field and then there's some other a few other little locations certain bridges out there that have had a lot of activity mm.
0: One of the other towns I was curious about if you had any stories or investigations about was Edo. I was hoping to maybe get some interviews this season, but just nothing was able to click. Uh, do you happen to have any stories about Edo?
3: I have some in my research. I'd have to pull them up. I'll see what I can get to you. But there, I know there is some. And then I know I was down, sent down towards Tishamingo and all of that to try to do some research for them, which I never got back to them. I need to, to do that. I feel so bad. Um... But there are some interesting things down there, too. One of the actual interesting stories you might want to look into is down in Ringling.
0: Ringling? What's that? that, Or where is that?
3: Ringling is south. It's going to be uh, west of Sulphur, going back out on that highway that you would turn to go into Davis and all of that. If you go back the other direction, Ringling was a town that was basically started by... A gentleman, and I'll, I'll have to get the names because I have so much research on all of it. It's just compiled in my head. You know what I mean, Jeff? It's just mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, but it was started by a gentleman who borrowed money from one of the Ringling Brothers. They made this town. It's a very, very small town. And he is attached also to, is it Anadarko? That's right there. by it, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to look. And he lived in one. Well, he ended up. He was married, met a young girl about the age of 17 in one of the hardware stores down there. And this was in the 20s. um, And it's going to be one of the stories I'll be working on kind of for that area. Uh, He ended up having this affair and he did for several, several years. And then he had a cousin that got elected into the White House. And he was going to go up and work in the cabinet. Well, they told him, if you come up here, you cannot, you can only bring family members only. So he paid his nephew to marry this girl so she would have the same last name. But they still said, no, she, you know, we know you're, she's your mistress, you can't come, or she can't come. So he went to cut it off at the hotel they were living in together in their suite, and she ended up shooting him. And he ended up dying. He came down stumbling, saying it was an accident, whatever. He ended up dying. She ran to Mexico. Um they convinced her to come back, so she came back and stood trial. Hmm. And she was fully acquitted. They mm. made a movie about it. They went they made a black and white movie about it. She went to Hollywood. She uh, married a director out of Texas, and they went to Hollywood to make this movie. And while they were there, Hollywood blacklisted them. They couldn't find anyone to help them make this movie, and when they finally did get it made, it showed one time, and then it was shelved. After that, they wouldn't let them; nobody would let them show show it at all. And then she just kind of fell off the face of the earth, and she's gone. But it's a very twisted, interesting story that has to do with our local government, because he was in our government here, and then was going to Washington to be in government there. Wow, quite the twist and turn there. It's, yeah, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Too bad this isn't a true crime crime podcast. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's, it's, from what I understand, his ghost was actually supposed to haunt the hotel where he was killed, which has been torn down. But there is a building in that location that has activity. Hmm. So I'm going to try to see if that links. Mm -hmm. But yeah, twisted story, but supposedly he does still hang out in the town.
2: You mentioned the Air Force Base.
3: Altus, yeah. So we were out at Altus this last weekend. Um, I was contacted by some other people down there in the um, the Altus Club, which is, you know, the little officers type club thing down there. And so they set up an event where we could do the kind of one-on-one talk for them and the ghost hunt, and uh, I did readings for any soldiers that wanted to have them done. And it was active. I, I literally had a headache the minute I walked in. It was crazy active. There is stuff happening everywhere. And we had all kinds of activity going. Uh, One room in particular, uh, there's the bar manager said he wouldn't even go back in there. Not alone, especially. And it's, I pointed exactly to where it was. I'm like, he is back there. He's a very pissy, pissy person. And some of the most interesting things that did happen, happened before we even started investigating. Because our ghost radios were going off, and the first word that came up was Iraqi. And I've never seen Iraqi come up, ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Iraqi came up, general came up, a few other little military base type words came up, and then we have our little triangular touchlights, which can change colors. So if you hover your hand above it, it'll change colors. It changed the colors to red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. Weirdest mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen.
2: Very patriotic. They were
3: all red, white, and blue. So... It was cool. It was, it was a really good investigation, and they've invited us to come back down and do a private one to mm-hmm. see what full concrete we can find there, mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. evidence.
2: Certainly statewide activity.
3: hmm
2: Reaching all the way back to our first season, I saw that the Skirbin Hotel is discussing some of its supernatural experiences.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, and... Of course, I was contacted by Ross, who wrote the article for the BBC Travel. And uh, he was asking me some of the experiences that, you know, we found and or have had over the years and some of the history. So he asked me to come up there and kind of walk through the building with him. And I was kind of explaining some of the things and different things people have experienced. And, of course, he's already interviewed a few, so he knew some. But I uh, kind of just walked him through and showed him even what a walkthrough investigation would be like for us with equipment and we had a few little experiences so it was really good
0: what kind of experiences did you have
3: so we uh, found the cold spots like we were talking about um, that automatically hit we were just literally walking down a very well lit lit hallway and the equipment started responding and that's when we walked into a probably a good 10 degree drop which is significant Uh, and it kept happening directly in front of the one door And I'd have to look in the article to find the the number on the door. But that tends to be where we were experiencing a lot of it. And right outside of that, by the elevators, was where we actually had kind of the stick figure on the SLS show up. And then it it was almost like he just sat down and started talking to me in the chairs and started showing me different things that would be um, attached to him, so to speak, with his history, who he was and how he died, things along that line.
2: I suppose even where we've looked, there's still more things to find.
3: Uh, yeah, we find different things all the time. And even, you know, with the Mustang Historical, we're still to this day finding more information on things that we've experienced throughout the years to where mm-hmm. we can now understand exactly who we're talking to. And it's mm-hmm. taken probably a good seven years to, for us to figure out exactly who this one certain spirit is. So it's it's been good.
0: Although we could pick Tanya's brain for stories for hours, I was happy with what we recorded, and so was the professor. As I put away my recording equipment, the professor explained our predicament involving Grayson. Tanya didn't have any advice at the moment, but she said she would do some research and get in touch with him later. I drove us back to Oklahoma City. During the whole ride, the professor mumbled in frustration as he reviewed his notebook and the map. I didn't hear from the professor again until about 10 p.m. on Wednesday, October 20th. I was about to go to bed when he gave me a phone call. He explained that he had devised a plan to stop Grayson once and for all and that he required my help. He asked me to meet him a few minutes before midnight outside the Norman Public Library, which, for the record, was the place where we last encountered Grayson ourselves. All right, Professor. This had better be worth staying up late. Uh, I got my mic on
2: here. Let me put yours on. All right. Thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you could come out. I, I don't know if I'd have the strength to do this myself.
0: Well, I'm your friend, man. I'm I'm here for you.
2: Do you, Thank you. do you really think this is gonna work? Just a few minutes to midnight. We'll find out.
0: Yeah, it's kind of eerie out here. There's it's almost midnight and I can't believe there are kids at the playground still. Those what? aren't kids, Sam. What do you... What do you... That's... Did that kid just walk right through?
2: He sure did. Take a look at their clothes. That... why are they dressed like that? That's when they died, Sam. It's a full moon tonight. There's lots of energy abounds. And the youngsters who haven't been around for so long get a chance to play again.
0: Without discussing the subject of the ghost children any further, the professor held up his clock, the subject of Grayson's ire, and shouted.
2: Grayson, you maniac, we have your clock. Come and face us.
4: Professor Joff de and Sam Sexton.
0: George Grayson appeared behind us. When we last faced Grayson, he sported more of a modern attire. Now, he stood before us wearing black robes, a dark purple vest, white gloves and a black top hat. He seemed more dressed for the 1920s than the 2020s. I don't know how or where Grayson came from as we were in the park's open field across from the library, so there was no way for him to perform such a sudden introduction. I asked the professor where he came from, but with some more explicitives, and he confidently I asked the professor where he came from, but with some more explicitives, and he confidently assured me.
2: He has his tricks, Sam. Take two or three steps back with me.
4: Okay, if you say so, Professor. Professor, hand over that clock, and I guarantee you no more of your former students will be harmed or killed. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Professor, maybe you should There's give it to him. I mean, five people have already died
2: for this clock already. I have a few tricks of my own. Maybe I can bring it into this.
0: The professor whipped out a tiny fabric bag from inside his jacket that he slammed in front of Grayson's feet. The bag erupted, spraying sparks and fire all around, forming a green circle of flames around Grayson.
4: Whoa! Ah!
2: What did you do, professor? What is this? It's a simple double circle, thanks to the latent energy of the moon. We have our fellow pinned here and six to seven hours to figure out what to do with him.
4: Professor, professor, listen to me. If you just place that final timepiece along the perimeter where the other four timepieces are at, you can see and talk to your Anastasia again, I guarantee you. Wait,
2: where did all these clocks come from? Well, it's perhaps a trick of his, but we do hold the upper hand. Maybe this is something we could try.
4: You know you want to talk to her again, just do it
2: could be a chance to say goodbye, Sam. Do you really think this will open up a portal to the spirit realm or whatever? All the research of the clockmaker points toward it, but for research's sake, let's give it a try.
0: (sighs) I don't think this is a good idea, but uh, I'll let you try it. I'm going to step back a little bit. The professor handed me his notebook. I took several steps back as he placed his clock on the ground, completing the circle he chanted a phrase. I think it was a mix of French and Latin. My mics didn't pick up what he said exactly, but whatever he uttered, the clocks reacted. A purple ring of light formed, connecting all five clocks. Then, above the fifth clock, an ethereal purple door materialized in front of us. As this door swung open, revealing a vast and bright cosmos. The professor repeatedly cried out for Anastasia until her spirit actually appeared.
5: Jeff? Is that you? you?
2: It's me, Anastasia. Concentrate. I think we can make a connection. I can almost see you.
5: Where are you? you? What's What's going on?
2: I'm here.
4: And now, how about you join your precious Anastasia, professor?
0: (laughs) From what I could gather, and from what Tanya believed when I told her about that night, you see, when the professor opened the doorway to the spirit world, that broke the connection to his trap. Grayson seized the opportunity and tackled the professor, trying to send him through. The two struggled for a moment until Anastasia reached through and pulled Grayson inside. But in the process, Grayson grabbed the professor's leg. The professor held onto the door for I, I tried to rush to his aid, but he told me to stay back.
2: Sam, Sam I think I know, I think a, way I know way a way to, in this. to end this. The door door can't can't open open from inside inside itself. itself. Take care. care. Good luck. luck. And do And do research.
0: With those final words, the professor let go of the door and grabbed his clock. The weight of Grayson and the force of this other plane sucked them in together. The door collapsed in on itself, and the purple ring of lights that were connecting the clocks disappeared too. It's it's November now, and I'm just now recording these voiceover lines from what happened. There has been no sign No sign of the professor, or Grayson for that matter. Valerie has been and is keeping an eye out, but no one has seen nor heard from either of them. I even reached out to the professor's work, nothing. Yesterday, Valerie invited me to coffee to check in with me. I appreciated the gesture, She told me that if I wanted to continue the podcast, she knew this girl that she did improv with for fun, who was super into ghosts. I told her I would consider her suggestion. (sighs) To be honest, I'm not sure if I want to continue this podcast, you know? I have the professor's notebook, Wendell's map, and the four clocks tucked away in a box in my apartment. I mean, I suppose I could let someone look over everything. I don't know. There's always so many stories out there, and that's why I started this podcast. You know, to kind of showcase Oklahoma's history, but with kind of a fun spirit ghost story twist, like you just tell around the campfire. I mean... I kind of would like to continue things. I do like telling stories and sharing stories. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens in 2021. Thank you for listening. And happy adventures.
5: The Show Starts Now Studios was proud to bring you Season 4 of Tales Unveiled with producer Dennis Spielman. Dennis was the voice of Sam Saxton, along with his co-host Jeff Provine as the voice of Professor Jeff Deroot, Christy Boone as Detective Valerie James, and David Moxley as George Grayson. We would like to thank all of our guests for sharing their stories with us and know that the opinions and stories told are that of the individuals and do not reflect their employer, affiliates, and spirits mentioned. I'm Leslie Spielman, the voice of the end credits, and Anastasia Wheeler. We would all like to thank you for listening to Tales Unveiled, and hope that you'll join us on future journeys. Before we go, I would like to leave you with this quote from Bram Stoker. How blessed are some people, whose lives have no fears, no dreads, to whom sleep is a blessing that comes nightly, and brings nothing but sweet dreams. Until next time, listeners, happy adventures.